Hello and welcome to episode number 24 of the Beards and Bulldust podcast. I am your co-host Scott and we have Aiden. Hello. Welcome to the week. Uh, we'll get things started. Say, so how was your week? I mean, it was just school. Mm. I've had a full week so far of using the laptops. Yep. Using my own laptop at school. Mm-hmm. So it's all working fine. Yep. It's not like... um. Not like it was a couple of years ago when it just died all the time. Yeah. Mm. It used to um come up with this like booting error thing. Mm. Um so. and I just kinda blamed it on the <laughs> on the it, school. On the school system. <laughs> I think they've changed it now though, because last time the IT guy would sort of put a USB in it and download some stuff, but mm. now it's like pretty much do it all yourself. You download the Microsoft company portal and then you just get some yeah, so it's probably a much. It's probably less to heavy on your system. Yeah, and it also could have been that I had um an antivirus, and I don't I don't need one now. Mm. I'm not fucking stupid and just go. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna download this thing. Yeah, someone sent me. I don't need an antivirus to tell me you downloaded some bad stuff. Yeah, you idiot. Yeah, yeah. There's still some risks out there, but you know you don't need all that shit that just slows it down. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, for for me, it was a slightly more involved week than normal. First day back in the city, yeah, doing the city work and stuff. Um, not really much has changed. Same amount of people on the bus. Same things in the city. It's actually a lot quieter. Yeah. There's there's not as many people around. There really isn't. You know, we even when you go out to to get coffee on a normal day, there's sort of you know five or ten people waiting to get coffee which is which is normal uh when we went out there was no one oh it's just no one <laughs> yeah so it's still gonna take a while for things to get back to normal but it was sort of good to get back in the city but didn't enjoy the bus i should have drove because the parking's free at the moment but i just couldn't be freaking ass driving neither yeah. just take the bus so yeah at the moment the street parking is free but you've got to move your car so you've got to really pick where you're going to park because even though you don't have to pay to park there the time limit still applies, so you, you go and park for two hours, and you can still get a fine because you, you've exceeded your time. You're gonna go and move the freaking cars. Can't be bothered moving it that many times throughout the day. So I just took the bus, um, which I'll probably do again next week. I don't think I'll drive. Um, on top of that, we've been doing whole stack load of yard work for the last two days in our yeah. house, which has just been long and exhausting and ongoing um that's what happens when you have to rent a house yeah it's what a lot of young people have to get used to is you will get some know nothing millennial come and inspect your house and tell you how you should look after it and live in it and it's like dude i've been along i've been alive twice as long as you have you can shut the hell up but some of them are we've had some good ones but some of the real estate agents and the people that come and inspect your house, I oh, fucking know a damn thing. Um, they're just they're just shitty because they're not selling houses and they're having to do a property manager job. Yeah, that's just generally all it is. They just hate what they do. Anyway, we'll see how that goes on on Thursday. I think or something like that. That they're coming to inspect the house. But anyway, we did a whole stack load of yard work, which was good because gives us half our yard back. Um, even though three quarters of it is utterly useless. Yeah. <laughs> Our backyard is as useless as a yard can be. Anywho, on to the old lady update. Seen the old lady this week? Um, I think so. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, at some point. Yeah. Mm. 
just sitting outside. <laughs> she does the exact same thing every single week. Yeah, I don't she, know how she doesn't get bored. She's probably got. It's probably the most exciting thing she's got in a week is going sit out the front. Maybe. You know, it becomes habit. We we almost have a habit. We generally sit out the front each evening. It's just what we do. Uh, she probably just does the same thing. It's probably the, the excitement of her day because she's probably still got a black and white TV that has like ABC and maybe one other station. Yeah. That's it. She hasn't realised everything's in colour. She's got to go outside to see in colour. Uh-huh. Otherwise, she watch TV in black and white. Uh, all right. We're past that. So, on to car news. Now, I have some. You have some. Did you want to yeah. go first? Yeah, I'll say my things first. Also, I've, I've had one of my friends talk about the podcast, and I don't mm-hmm. think some people like that we talk about cars a ton. Oh, well, too bad. Um, <laughs> we'll try and talk about some other stuff if you actually suggest some other stuff, but every single time I've asked, I've got, like, radio silence. It's like freaking crickets. Uh-huh. So if you want us to talk about other stuff, that's cool. Make a suggestion of what else you want us to talk about, because if you don't, then we'll talk about cars. So we're doing now. So um, first thing is the Ford Focus has gone in a facelift. Ugh. And yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's not good. It's a video thumbnail, but that's what it looks like. It's got this thing on the bottom now that makes it look a lot larger at yeah. the front. Yeah, they just... which doesn't make sense in a Ford Focus. It's not a big car. No, it just they can't. They've never ever been able to properly style a Ford Focus. It's always just. It I never, like I never get excited when someone goes, well, "There's a new Focus out." I go, "Fucking hell! Here's another opportunity to ruin a car." It looks like an SUV now. Yeah. Or it looks like it's it's a proper sedan now. It's not even a hatchback anymore. Mm. Yeah, they're trying to go bigger with it, which is annoying. They should just leave it as a small car. Because they don't do Fiestas anymore now. I think they just do Fiesta STs mm. in Australia. No. So. Yeah, I mean, I, maybe it's because they don't have a normal sedan at the moment. They don't have the Falcons. They don't have the Mondeos. So they're trying to do that with a Focus. Yeah, maybe. Have that be their mid-sized car. They should just have kept a larger family car or some type and not stuffed about with their lineups. But anyway. Yeah, it's a bit sad to see. But I mean, I guess it's going to maybe be fast. It's got some LED in the headlights. and Oh, that'll make it fast. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's got some red brakes, I guess. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> so that's nothing too crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've already told you about this, but um, some students in I think Japan, uh, put a Kawasaki ZX14R engine, which is a fourteen hundred cc engine with I think two hundred horsepower. Mm, about that, yeah. And they put it in a Toyota IQ, which is basically an even smaller Yaris. <laughs> and then they gave it a carbon hood and some GI Yaris body kits. So it just looks like a GI Yaris mm. that's being cut in half at the back. Yeah. It's just really, really short at the back. Mm. Um, made it look all rally and stuff. They've made it, uh, I'm pretty sure it's a rear-wheel drive instead of front-wheel drive. Yep. It's it's uh, got a six-speed manual. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's got the Kawasaki engine. Oh, good. Which is 1,440cc, mm-hmm. 197 horsepower. No, I. 113 pound feet of torque. <laughs> yeah, so, not going to yeah. have a lot of torque. Oh, it's also it. re-engine. Oh, it's a rear engine. Yeah, put it in the back. Re-engine rear-wheel drive Toyota <laughs> IQ. <laughs> right, they'll so, go better than the re- than the front-wheel versions. Yeah, so it is really really cool. I reckon Toyota should do that. <laughs> they should build it. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure they've made a GR Tacoma, and mm. they're going to make a GR 
Hilux. Yeah. They've got a GI and they can they they've got the GI Yaris. Mm. They've got a GI Supra. Mm. They they've got the GI86. Yeah. They're going to make a GI Corolla. Yeah, they might as well. Why just not do it to the IQ? Yeah, just have a whole stack load of them. I'm going to be honest, it's a little bit weird what Toyota's doing with making all these cars that shouldn't have an ex- an insanely crazy sport version. Mm. But I reckon it's good. I mean, they're coming out of the dark ages where they had absolutely zero yeah. sport cars. Yeah, yeah. From the 90s with the Supras and the MR2s mm. and everything. Mm. And then early 2000s was like Corolla. Corolla. The yeah. most sporty thing he had was a Corolla Sportivo. Yeah, yeah. Which I like, but it's not a GR. Yeah, and it wasn't anything... It wasn't anything just with some bits stuck on it. That's all it was. Yeah. It's just still, it's still <laughs> a freaking normal Camry. Um, yeah, okay. so it's good to see. Yeah, yeah, definitely good to see. And on to a bit of bike news. Ah, see, not car news. Yeah, there you <laughs> uh, go, bike news. I'm getting into bikes now. Yep. Which good. isn't obvious to you, but... uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's not obvious to us because we've got bikes, bike models everywhere and two in the garage, <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, for people who don't know, in our garage we have a was it uh Kawasaki ZZ250. We have a ZZR250, yes. ZZR250 yep. and a Yamaha FZR250. Yep. Yep. Which is in pieces. Which is in pieces because <laughs> I crashed it. So yes, we have two in our garage. The, the ZZR has been sitting for a long time and is all scratched up, but it's effectively a new bike with about three and a half thousand k's <laughs> on it. <laughs> um, it's a two thousand and four model, so it's like a new bike just been sitting for a long time. For various reasons. Yeah, and I'm, um, I'm really into Ducatis. Yeah, yeah. I, I need to stop saying Ducati for some reason. I've grown up thinking you guys say Ducati, but it's Ducati. It's a Ducati. D, but I pronounce yeah. it as a J. Oh, okay. And yeah, yeah keep well, that's, doing that. that's just slang for you. That's just how Ducati. It's Ducati. I know. I say it like that now, so people. So I'm gonna get so many people pissed off at me. Ah, stuff them. They'll be fine. Whatever. They'll be fine. The uh, Ferrari of motorbikes. Yeah. I really like them. Yeah, they're expensive, but they're cool as fuck. Mm. There's mm. the 916, which is pretty legendary. Yeah. Then there's the 996, the 998s. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's the 748s, which are really underrated. Yeah. I see people always talk about those first three. Yeah. And no one talks about the 748s. Um, I like the ST Ducatis. Mm-hmm. And then on, uh, I also like Kawasaki's. Yeah. The Ninjas and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yep. I like bikes. Good. Yeah, we'll have some more bike stuff as well. Yeah. And right. Pani Gales as well, sorry. Yes, no, definitely. Okay, on to, um, on to my car news. Now, um, something sad for everyone who likes a Suzuki Vitara. Oh. There's been a recall. Oh, no. Um, all Suzuki Vitaras between 2015 and 2022 have been recalled. Why? So, yeah, how normally when a car gets recalled, well, you probably don't. When a car normally gets recalled, right, it's for, like, fucking... Like, Rangers got recalled because grass gets caught underneath it and catches fire and nearly burns the car down. Like, mm. you know, other cars get recalled because of faulty airbags. It was the, the, the airbag saga for many, many cars where there was faulty airbags. And when they went off, they would fire, like, freaking shrapnel at people, right? It was like fucking World War Two all over again in the car in a crash. Oh, jeez. Um, Suzuki's, not quite so much. The, the, the reason it's been recalled is because there's been a printing error in the manual the owner's manual for the car. So oh, all, my God. I know. They've all been recalled. Um, it is, However, it is a significant printing error because it relates to the to the ISOFIX trial restraints, so the trial restraint systems in it for when you're going to put baby seats and shit like that in the car. Um, it, apparently, it's wrong. <laughs> so all 31,763 Suzuki Vitaras in Australia have to go back 
to the manuf to the manufacturer back to Suzuki. So if you own one, take it back to Suzuki, and they will put a little sticker in your book that replaces the words that are wrong, and you can take your car away. Oh, so they only do that. They don't have to take the entire car <laughs> to change the manual. So, yeah, so I'd probably take the car because I'd probably check it but and mark it off. But anyway. Someone's been fired. Yeah, so, but it affects all, like, seven years worth of car. So for seven years, they're not realized. Oh, geez. So anyway, that's a thing. So if you own one, you can go and have a look, and there is a site you can go to, or you can contact Suzuki and get it. Get your book sorted so your car won't all of a sudden burst into flames because your book's got wrong writing in it. <laughs> um, okay, on to my next piece. Have you heard of a car manufacturer called BYD? BYD, no. I okay, B. So BYD are bringing a a all electric car to Australia. They're a Chinese manufacturer, um, and they're bringing the Atto Three to Australia. No way! I know the Atto Three. Huge excitement for people. So it's an electric-made Chinese car. <laughs> Dodgy as all hell is all I'm going to put to this, right? This is the, the people importing it. So it's not being imported by the manufacturer. It's been oh. imported by an, a company. They've said there's going to be right-hand drive ones, but the ones they currently have in their, their showroom are left-hand drive, and you can't take them out on the road because they're not actually road legal. Oh. So you can't test drive any at the moment. Oh. Um if you live in Darlinghurst in Sydney, you can go and look at one, but there isn't any anywhere else in the country for you to go and look at. Um, and if you want one, you have to put a $1,000 deposit down on their website. That yeah, is, they're just going to scam you. There's no dealerships, and there won't be a dealership. You buy the car solely online. Um, there's no negotiation. You can't negotiate price. Oh. It's around the same price, depending on taxes and stamp duties and whatnot. It's around the same price as the MG. So MG, ZY, whatever the hell it's called. Yeah. Around the same as that. Um, small SUV. Uh, most generic looking car ever. Shitty range. <laughs> um, like it's, it's about 300 Ks. They say 400, right? But when you do the proper equation, it's 300. Oh. It hasn't been crash tested in Australia yet. Oh. It hasn't been homologated yet. Oh. Haven't even started making the cars yet. <laughs> <laughs> um. And the people bringing them in are like, oh, we're going to have like, you know, thousands of them. We're bringing in 15,000 of these things. It's like, yeah, it seems like a scam. So this company um, tried to bring in the smaller hatchback predecessor from BYD into Australia and ran into all sorts of trouble and it ended up being just just squashed, right? Yeah. People got their money back and it, it just didn't happen. Now they're saying this this will happen. We're, we're bringing them to Australia. Sure. So... so if you want to lose a thousand dollars, you can go and pre-order yourself a, a BYD Atto Three and have a story to tell when you don't have a thousand dollars in a couple of years' time because your car doesn't arrive. So, um, apparently they're going to be forty-four thousand dollars if they ever do get yeah. to Australia. Yeah, forty-four, and I think it, it, depending on stamp duty, that's around the same price as an MG. Who's going to buy that though? Who wants? You know, I want this car no one knows jack shit yeah. about mechanics yeah. are going to know nothing about that i could buy plenty well, of other apparently things. apparently you can the only place you can go and get it serviced is at kmart tire and auto what i shit you not that's what it says on their thing <laughs> that they have an agreement thing with kmart tire and auto. so everyone else like you know you buy an mg you'll take it back to to you know an mg or you know whatever their their affiliations will be that's why you'll take it back 
This one, no, you don't take it back to any place like that. Just go down to Kmart. <laughs> and just get your service. You just get some fucking Kmart employee. Like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Half a Kmart tire and auto mechanics are just staff that can't be asked working inside the store, so they come <laughs> out and do an oil change. So there's that. That's that. Yeah, waste of time opportunity right there. Yeah, I don't want. I don't. I don't know anyone who would buy that. No. If you do and you get scammed, you deserve it, yeah, seriously. I was just reading about it, I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. All right, on to something different now, and this is, whilst this is car news and this is talking about cars, also talking about boats. Oh. So have you heard of a boat called the Felicity Ace? I'm not really into boats, so no, no I haven't. That's okay. The Felicity Ace is a car-carrying boat oh. that is currently adrift in the Atlantic Ocean and is on fire. No, that's not very good. That's not very good. But the crew are safe. The crew were rescued and they are safe. It's still adrift, floating. In on board, it has approximately two thousand five hundred cars. Right, yeah. on its way to the U.S. The car manufacturers, the group it's representing is Volkswagen Group. So on board, it has Audis, Volkswagens, Bentleys, and Porsches. Oh no! And they're all on fire. Oh, jeez. Two and a half thousand of them bound for the U.S. So, if you live in the U.S. and you're thinking about going and buying one of those, go and get the damn thing now because they will not be available for much longer. Two and a half thousand of them is a fair decent shipment of that type of car, especially your Porsche and your Bentleys. Yeah. Um, probably not quite so much your Audis and Volkswagens, but they'll probably likely be the bigger cars like the Q7s and and stuff like that. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's uh, that's a bit of boating slash car news for you. That this boat, the the Felicity Ace, is currently burning to its own death and taking a whole stack load of probably very precious Porsches with it. I think I've um seen a some meme on that, but um, how did it catch on fire? I <laughs> uh, don't know, don't know. News is pretty sketchy on what actually happened. Um, pretty rare for that type of boat to catch on fire because it's it's largely just a big steel hole with some cars in it so it may be one of the cars inside that caught fire or something yeah um or, or there could have been a, a fault with the boat itself don't know don't know they haven't said yet and they probably won't for a little while um say what's going on um so that's that's that that's the car stuff out of the way so we'll get to the non-car stuff now because people care about non-car stuff um Today I'm going to talk with uh, uh, with my tips for young bucks. Today's topic is around respecting your elders. Now this is something I seen on the bus the other day. Was a couple of younger people, probably not being as considerate and respectful as they probably should have been to some older people. Not not rude and arrogant type of way, but just absolutely fucking oblivious to everything else in the world. Just monstrously oblivious. So. It doesn't take much to show some respect for your elders, you know, so making space and room for them, you know, so not making a poor old lady climb to the fucking back of the bus when you're sitting down on the level bit down the bottom, right? Get up, move to the back. Let the old people sit down. On top of that, there's being polite and, and adjusting the conversation volumes and stuff like that so you don't offend some old lady by talking about something that old ladies get offended by um, and be willing to help um, so when they're having a bit of a struggle be willing to help especially if you're in school uniform massively especially if you're in school uniform because you'll get some mealy mouthed bitter person that will see you from some fucking private high school and they will ring the principal the next day and say your school students on this bus didn't fucking hold the old lady's hand 
and, and then you're in all sorts of fucking strife. Yeah. Right. I've so. always got like at um like the year level assemblies at my school is like we've had some calls that some yeah. kids weren't very nice on the trains. Yep. All the time. All the time. Yeah. 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 And it doesn't take much, and it's very difficult when you're younger because you're largely oblivious to the rest of the world when you're in a when you're in a group. Like yeah. all young people are oblivious to the rest of the grown human world when they're in a group. It's just how it is. Why it's important is probably more so relevant than the actual actions themselves. And why it's important is one fucking day you will need a young person to fucking help you. And you will need a young person to fucking get out of the way for you. And if you can't even do that for yourself in your younger years, then how in hell do you think it's going to change when you get older? Because it just ain't. You know, you're setting your own standard. So one day when you're really damn old and you've worked your ass off your whole life, you're going to want to sit on the bottom seat because you're not going to want to climb the stairs because you can't. But you've set your own standard. So you get what you get. Um, so that's it. That's the whole thing for my tips for young bucks. Yeah. Um, nothing huge. My stoic quote, however, is fucking huge. I couldn't find a smaller one. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, I, I got to read it. I tried to write it so I could read it, and I nearly got the whole writing wrong. So this is a, a Marcus Aurelius quote from his meditations book, and it says, At dawn, when you have trouble getting out of bed, tell yourself, I have to go to work as a human being. What do I have to complain of if I'm going to do what I was born to do, born for? The things I was brought in this world to do. Or is it that what I was created for was to huddle under the blankets and stay warm? Very big quote. So it's like, don't just sit in bed, just go like, do your shit. Well, it's, it's, it, we all fall in the trap and I fall in the trap too. Most days, um, it becomes less now. I'm getting older. Where you have some days where you just don't want to get out of bed. Yeah. It's warm. It's comfortable where you are. You don't want to be uncomfortable. But if you want to go out and reach your, your full potential and you want to go out and achieve things, you can't do that from lying in bed. There, there, there's no job. Yeah. But even if your job is lying in bed, you still got to get out of bed to be in a preparation to be in bed. So you got to, you know, can't be just lying in bed all day um but the way you approach it as an individual is how you will get the benefit out of it um i'm reading a or listening to an audio book at the time at the moment called atomic habits and one of the good things in that it tells you and one of the things that guides you through is verbalizing what you're actually going to do the next morning so when you set your alarm or you you get your yourself in the bed actually verbalizing and saying I'm going to get up early tomorrow morning and I'm going to get up and go and do stuff I'm going to do be productive will actually be beneficial and get you closer to that so and that falls into line a lot of this stoic stuff where you know you need to you need to work on how your mindset is as as you grow and as you get older because your mindset and your opinions and your beliefs will need to change over time as you get older they have to change and it's keeping it in that frame of mind of trying to get the most out of the time. Because once you get old, like me, you'll realize your fucking time is gone. So you've got to make make use of the time when you're younger. Otherwise, it'll disappear on you real quick. Um, and it's probably about 
a thousand more meanings inside that quote that I don't know about and my brain's too tired to tell. <laughs> so we'll leave that one right there um, and move on to Australia's Prime Ministers. So today we're up to Prime Minister number 13. Yay, number 13. Unlucky 13. Um, wow. And a chap called James Scullin. So James was born in Victoria, in the town of Victoria. So he's Australian. 1876. Yeah, he was Australian. His parents were Irish. Uh, so had, uh, his father worked in a mine. His mother did something else. So he was born into an Irish family, hugely religious family, as as tends to be the way. Um, you know, devote Catholics that they were. Left school at the age of 12 uh-huh. to work odd jobs. So they'd moved to Ballarat when he was not long born. Uh, grew up in Ballarat, went to school till about 12. Did a few odd jobs. And in 1900, um, started running his own grocery shop uh-huh. when he was 13. Jeez. Running his own grocery shop, which he did for 10 years. Ran his own grocery shop uh, for 10 years. Um, ran for parliament in his in his um, in his twenties, so he he was elected in the parliament in nineteen ten, having built up his way through the local community and some local, you know, chapters of the the workers' unions and you know, nationalists and conservative parties and all you know all those types of things. Work his way through the the community politics. Uh, he so elected in um, yeah, elected in 1910 as part of Fisher's government. So he came in in that time when Fisher was really ruling the world effectively with his government. So he came in at that time. But he also fell out when Fisher fell out in 1913. So in 1913, Fisher lost his election quite badly. They suffered huge losses. He was one of the victims of that. Uh-huh. Um, and it took him, so he lost his seat in 1913. It took him to 1922 to get back in. Oh, jeez. So he, he failed a couple of times just because Labor wasn't popular throughout those years, so he just didn't get a seat. Oh. Uh, managed to get a seat in a by-election when the then leader of the Labor Party passed away. There was a by-election for his seat, and he won that um, very, very comfortably. So that got him back into politics and he sort of sat around as a backbencher and whatnot and a bit of a leader of opposition for a little while and all that type of stuff. Became Prime Minister after the election of 1929. Um, really due to the ties he'd built. So when he was out of government, he ran a local newspaper um, back in Ballarat. And it was very focused around labour. So it was very focused around you know workers' rights and, and, and the working class people. And that really led into him being able to be voted in as, as Prime Minister because he had all that that workers' backing. Yeah. Noting, remembering in 1929, there was a lot of industrial action happening in Australia. Many, many strikes right across the waterfront. You know, all our farmers, everyone was fucking striking everywhere. So he comes into 1929, and a little thing in 1929 occurs as well. Which is called the the Black Thursday. Had Black Thursday? No. Wall Street crash. Oh yeah, that. Yes, the Wall Street crash. So, a couple of days after um, being elected in, Wall Street crashes. Uh huh. At that point in time, most of Australia's foreign debt was held in the U.S. So their economy had crashed. 
Yeah. And we owed them money. So they wanted money. That was the same for um, <laughs> Germany. Because yeah. I think as we're going along in history class at school, it's the same time period as yep. our podcast, which yep. is weird. So Germany, when they were paying off their debt thing, mm. it was like yep. a billion dollars or something. Yep. Um, They were getting the money from American banks. And then the yep. stock market crash and the banks wanted all the money back. But they didn't have any money. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Australia was the same. The shitstorm. Um, so it caused a bit of a bit of a shitstorm. Um, there was a few other things that happened at exactly at the same time. So one of the first things he did was he he abolished the compulsory military training. So up until that po- point in time, we they'd had that compulsory military training. It was everyone had to do it in in for home defense. He abolished it, oh. ended it. That was it. No more compulsory training. Why? Because Labor didn't believe in it in the first place. Oh. So the moment he had an opportunity to get rid of it, he did. Yeah. Um, as things continued and the fallout from the, the Wall Street crash started to take hold and impact Australia, because back in those days, it took about four days for the news to actually fucking catch up, right? Because things moved that slowly. There was all sorts of issues. So not only do we have the huge amount of foreign debt... We also, at that point in time, had a 13% unemployment rate. So 13% of the population were already unemployed. Uh-huh. And there was no there, there was no trade. Everything had fucking crashed. So jobs were going left, right, and center. It was chaos. Um, in 1930, he went to the UK to try and borrow some more money from the UK, which he was successful in. So he borrowed some, some cash from, from the Poms over there. At that time as well, when he was over there, he convinced the king to appoint um, Sir Isaac Isaacs as the first Australian-born governor-general. Oh. Imagine if you had that name. Isaac Isaac. Isaac Isaacs. It's a terrible name. (laughs) Um, So uh, he might be a character I might do a bit of a feature on because I just love the name. I I think there could be some history behind that man. Um, But he managed to convince the king to do it, even though the king didn't want to. The king didn't want an Australian-born governor general yeah so he got his way in that uh returned early 1931 into us back to australia so while he was away there was a acting prime minister acting treasurer acting whatnot people just helping out um they made a fucking mess of everything so he comes back and all sorts of dramas when he arrives back right it's the the freaking unemployment rate is crashing massively um I think it got up to like 27% or something. So over a quarter of all Australians unemployed. Jeez. Um, not able to pay the debts back. Not even able to pay the POMs back who just gave us the money. Huh. It's like fucking first payment. It's like, sorry, we're not got it. It's gone already. Um, so huge amounts of dramas internally and externally. Like the, the political parties were all breaking up because everyone was arguing about how to respond. Um, one of the plans he came up with which was called the Theodore Plan because the guy who helped him had a last name of Theodore, was basically just going to print some more money. <laughs> so he got no money, just going to print some more. Oh, no. Which can ruin an economy. Yeah, can absolutely. Yeah, the inflation absolutely ruin an economy. And at that point in time, there was a lot of opposition to that. that there was plenty, even in state politics, there was people going, fucking no, no. Um, the guy running the Reserve Bank at the time had re- refused. Yeah. Went, no, not doing it. Um, he wanted to see less spending 
so he wanted to see the government spending less money um, and when <laughs> when a government says we need to spend less money the first thing they do is start axing public servants and and just sacking them <laughs> that's the first way to really start saving money mm. um, and dropping pensions and cutting people's allowances and, and you know all those you know all the government funding and it's all just goes right they just cut everything out um so they because of his plan that everyone fucking hated um the party had the party fell out in 1931 yeah so the, the labor party just split and they crossed the floor so the members of the labor party and the ministers who weren't happy with his plan went and joined the opposition oh which has happened on occasions. People have crossed the floor. This was a big crossing. So he lost power straight away. And that forced a, a snap early election because he no longer held majority power in his own government. So they went to the polls and he just got, his party got decimated. Yeah. Just decimated. Um, and he was no longer <laughs> prime minister. So he served one term. Oh, jeez. That's it. And his government, the, the Labour government that he was part of, only served one full three-year term. And that's the that has never been repeated since. Oh. So every election, it's always been, you know, the politi- a political party's been in for more than one term. They might have been in for, what, two or three, and then they swap over, and the other one wins and does two or three and swap over. So it hasn't ever been repeated since. 
you know, and in those those years, there was a lot of struggles. So nearly every incoming prime minister has some struggles. You know, the 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 fallout and the you know the the, the depression that we faced after that, and the Great Depression we faced after that, yeah, it affects the next fair few prime ministers. And then, you know, once we get into the freaking forties, then we're we're off to war again. So yeah. you know, it is a it is a difficult and troubled time. Um, that whole time was terrible. Yeah, and when you think about it, for a nation that's not that old, you know, 50 years. Yeah. Not even that. Um, well, not even 50 years as a nation. We're effectively, what, we're 1901, so 20, I can't do maths, 28 years. Yeah. So not long. Jeez. Not long to be facing that type of thing. Um, yeah. So that's it. That's That's all I really had. Um, it's probably going to be a quite short one, this one, which is okay, because I think we're all tired from doing all the hard work, anywho. Yeah. Um, so. It's a lot. Thinking, of, I'm thinking about, like, with the, not, oh, what is it, 1800s is, like, 19, whatever, mm. that era. It was just, like, crazy. That whole time was, like, crazy. Because mm. you look at the start of it, it's, like, you know, new era, era and everything. Yep. yep. Leaving behind the 1700s. And then, like, fucking World War One, Yeah. All that Great Depression stuff and stock market crash, which yep. apparently is worse than the 2008 one. Yep, yep. And then then World War Two. Yeah, yep. And then finally halfway in. And then you've got, like, uh, Cold War and communism and shit that lasted forever mm. Mm. until, like, the 90s. Yeah, yeah. And in, in amongst that, you got, like, Vietnam and Korea. Yeah. And, and and everything like that. It's not really even stopped. You know, there's there's always been conflict and turmoil. But those those early years when you know information was scarce and and economies were already struggling. Like to have have what happened on Wall Street, you know, just huge impact around the world. How did that even happen? Like, what happens that causes just no money? I don't know. I don't know. I'd have to research it. I. I I think in my head and from memory of of high school, which was fucking a long time ago, um, it, it's basically just everyone. It was everyone was buying, and everything. The price of everything's going up and up and up, then gets to a point where it can't sustain itself, and the value just drops because it's people can't afford to buy anymore. Yeah. Um. So it's not like housing markets have crashes every now and then because the price gets so freaking high that no one can afford to buy anymore yeah but the value of the thing is high is ridiculously high already people can't afford to buy it so everyone just stops buying yeah and as soon as they stop buying it's value goes so everyone would be like buying all these fucking shares and stocks and stuff because it's just booming and then they're all brought and the price is really high People can't afford it anymore, and a few panic, and then everyone fucking panics and stops buying and tries to sell. And as soon as everyone tries to sell, it's got no value left, and it all just goes fucking boof. Yeah, dead. Mm. So maybe something to do a bit more in depth than that, and they'd probably do a bit more in depth on that type of thing later on. <laughs> it's yeah. probably more in depth than that, but it's it's basically just the, the supply and demand type thing. It's you know buying and selling shares is the same sort of thing. It's just not a real. It's not a it's not a tangible thing you can hold on to, but you're buying. Yeah. You're buying a stake in something. Um, so it's it's still supply and demand, right? And houses are the same. The you know, the the supply and demand means houses are really, really expensive at the moment and it's hard to buy one. 
Yeah. Which means people can't buy them. And when people make the choice to no longer want to buy one and they're just going to stay renting or go and do something like live with their parents or something, <laughs> then the market starts to crash because it can't sustain itself at that level. And the prices have to start to drop. Yeah. Um, and it can become a, rena- a bit of a runaway effect and it, that the price just drops entirely. Um, mm. Especially when you're dealing in the stock exchange, you're dealing with a lot of human beings all in one space at one time. One starts to panic. You get like all of a sudden fucking two and then it quickly becomes a hundred and it quickly becomes a thousand and then they're all fucking panicking trying to sell and the whole thing just dies. Yeah. Um, so that's, yeah, you know, see that we'll see that again when, when we get into the nineties. Um, probably not as impactful because there wasn't as much, you know, of that, that borrowing and all that type of stuff that, that, that rebuild that was happening after the war, you know, that, that was sort of, you know, after wars you get a bit of a boom because things need to be rebuilt so there's a lot of supply that's needed so a lot of manufacturing kicks in and all that type of stuff and things recover and and all that so you get a bit of a boom but if that's not managed that can go bust yeah so i never know stocks and stuff were a thing back in the like 20s 30s yeah 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 they were they were they're, they're probably not you know they're not as immediate and in your face as they are now yeah. Right now, I, I can look at stocks on my phone. Yeah, you just get the math in this. Like. Yeah, and you can trade on your phone. You know, years ago, you had to fucking ring a bloke up on the phone and say, buy me fucking 10 shares in Bob's fucking chickens. Oh, you know, at school. <laughs> um, I hope there's no teachers watching, but um, <laughs> one of my friends called up uh, another one of my friends' workplace, which is like, why would they have shares? It was like... um like a sporting centre type thing. I'm not going to okay. say what place it was, yep. but yep. yeah, like why would I have fucking shares? <laughs> <laughs> and one of them said, um, oh, um, do you have any uh, shares for this place? And the guy's like, we don't, I don't have shares. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and it was the bus of my friend. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, it was kind of funny. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I know, you know, some businesses, when they first go onto the stock exchange, they'll sell shares to people oh. more directly. So you yeah. can come buy it bucket load of shares in a business and then it becomes a you know a thing you can buy on the exchange and trade um but yeah it's, it's, it's stocks are stocks are mildly confusing but there's a lot of good resources out there to help people understand them so they're not as scary as what they used to be they used to be really scary because people didn't know yeah about the stock exchange they didn't know how it really worked they didn't know how to get their money back they didn't know they'll get the amount of money back they should they didn't know what for trading because they didn't know what was you know, booming now you, you can you just get, search stuff. Well, it? now you can get financial news and make like straight away. Yeah, like, you know, a, a business announces it's fucking making some brand new whiz bang thing. You can find out immediately and get in early. Before you'd have to find out in the news that they've done it, and that's about four days since they've done it. Yeah. And then you'd have to do your shares, and that would take about four days. So you're fucking eight days late to the party. Yeah. So it's you know it's more immediate now. So. Wins and losses are more immediate as well. Um, so it might be a topic we'll discuss at another time because there is some there is some complexities to it, but it is also like a it, it isn't a scary thing to get involved in. Yeah. So it'd but like crypto be similar, but it's not like shares and something. It's just these like you know. Yeah. Digital Cri- coins. Yeah, yeah. Crypto's crypto's. It's similar but slightly different. And then NFTs yeah. are fucking dog shit. NFTs <laughs> are just fucking all types of. <laughs> you buy this shit fucking painting of a monkey with laser eyes and a golden tuxedo, 
and then hope someone else fucking wants it for like yeah. twice as much. Yeah, I I see a lot of people who and that I know that do you know that deal in NFTs and they they like oh you've got this video that explains it easily. Like, I'm just not interested. <laughs> I just I'm just I'm just not. Um, if someone gives me an NFT, then and then I'll 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 take it. I don't know if I can hang it up on my wall or something. I don't know what I'm meant to do with it. <laughs> hang it up in your metaverse wall. Yeah, yeah. I'll just go and stick it up in the metaverse or something. Oh. Um, but but it's yeah, it, it, they're a whole different way of just looking at something. Yeah, you, you know, it's tangible. It's you, you can sort of see it. Digitally. It makes it feel more yeah. like textured or something. Yeah, yeah. But it's still, you know, it's still a supply and demand thing. Yeah. At the end of the day, it makes just, it feel more unique because they're randomly generated. They're all the fucking same thing, there. Yeah, I, I, I don't get it. It's a picture of a monkey's testicles. Like, well, what does it matter? <laughs> Who wants it? So, you know, and it's like, oh, it's cheap. It's a hundred bucks. It's a fucking dog turd, literally a dog turd. <laughs> dog turd with sunglasses and a unicorn horn. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Quickly touching on the metaverse. It's been doing these advertisement things lately, mm. and they're fucking terrible. <laughs> Metaverse is going to shit. Yeah, yeah. They did yeah. one with um this basketball coach, and they had I think I'm not good with basketball at all. Mm-hmm. I forgot who did the voice of. It was like I think it was like they called him like Coach N- Nat or something, Coach okay. someone, yep. and then they had some famous basketball player do the voice of him. <laughs> and it's like you know, it's like oh, you can teach you basketball in the metaverse. Why don't you do it in real life though? Yeah, yeah. And then at the end, it had him. He he said, and I can also be the real Superman. And he started flying. It's a fucking metaverse character. <laughs> yeah. Why is that so crazy? <laughs> and he did that. Yeah. And it's like as if they're in an audience, but it, there's, there's no one there. Yeah, yeah. And then it's just completely silent for fifteen seconds, and then yep. it finishes. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> what happened? Yeah, well, I had a bit of a more look at that. Um, was it the deregulated land? Huh? Is it deregulated, generated? Ah, crypto land. Hey, crypto land. No, no, no. Oh. So there's like a metaverse, but it's it's oh. it's not. It's like the competitor to it, and it's almost like crowdsourced type shit. Um, because you can go and build a a space. Does it cost like money though? Well, it doesn't cost money to build a space, so you can build a a thing. Oh, this is like Minecraft. Sort of like, <laughs> but on a small square. And you can publish it, and you can hope that someone puts it on their land in in the that verse universe, whatever it's called, land. Um, if you want to buy the land, however, fucking expensive. Uh. So, like for a block, like just like a, a fucking one by one square block, depending how close you are to the center of town and what's around you, it dictates how expensive that block is. So some of them they were trying to sell for like twenty thousand dollars for like a block. And then the cheap one I found was like eight thousand dollars. And then there's another one and it's like cheap block. Fifty Bitcoin. <laughs> That's like a hundred thousand dollars. Like I'm even more confused now because I can't fucking convert Bitcoin properly. Um so yeah, you can't you need a block to put your own thing on your Oh. Um, you can generate and you can create a theme and a scene effectively and produce that scene and hope someone uses it and puts it on their block, but most of them don't. They're going to put their own, and it's like it's just ridiculously confusing. 
I don't think 50 Bitcoin's cheap because that's $2.7 million. Well, it would depend, <laughs> see. It would depend on how much Bitcoin's trading for at that particular time. You get it on a crash when it's like, you know, a few grand. I don't know. It's all... One of the most confusing things I ever come across was going in there trying to figure out where the land was because you can buy different size blocks and whatnot, but you might yeah. buy you might buy a block and you might build a scene that, you know, has like I'm going I was to build a shit. I was I was trying to build like, you know, just like a like a, a like a bush shack type thing. Just like a like out in the trees, little timber log fucking cabin type thing. Yeah. And then I realized that if I was going to buy a block to put it on, everything fucking around me would be fucking like Tokyo. <laughs> so it's just like going along and it's like big building, big building, flashy things, many flashing things, log cabin. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So it's just like, I, after that, I'm like, I, I fucking, I give up. Like the builder is relatively intuitive you've got a lot of flexibility in around how you build things and some of it looks quite good the, the detail and quality is quite good but once you've built it you just got fucking nothing to do with it <laughs> like you, you, you can share it and hope someone goes hi oh, I like that but if they've got a, like a tiny little block like what I was looking at and it's surrounded by high rise buildings they're not going to put a fucking log cabin on there <laughs> like it's just weird um, so I gave up there's a website worse than that, and it was, I know it was called, but um, basically, it's like a map of the earth, like Google Images or something. Yep. And you can buy individual squares, individual little squares on the earth, mm-hmm. and you can buy it for yourself. It's just on f- this one fucking Google Maps website, this fucking thing. Right. Not like you actually own it in real life. Yeah. Or you own it anywhere else other than this one website. And it's not like, oh, I'm going to pay $2 for this little piece of highway in the middle mm. of the USA, mm. which somebody did buy. <laughs> this is a little piece of highway. <laughs> um, It's like thousands of dollars. It's, and people have bought it. You go to the website and you see, like, it's for in which piece is bought. It's yep. got, like, the flag of the countries. There's, like, some yep. Australia, some America. Yep. And it's like, why would you spend, like, fucking $10,000 for... I own some squares on this website. Yeah. Shiver me timbers. So you just go start browsing and it's like, why did someone in Romania buy a roundabout? (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly it. And that's just, I think, just trying to cash in on the the whole fad of, you know, the the metaverse and the multiverse and the fucking deregulation land and everything else that is, you know, around is someone else would just come up with another way of trying to, to make some money from it but yeah yeah you know, those things you've got to be bloody careful with because if they don't sustain themselves they can fall over so you might make a few quid for a while but you would never i would never expect any one of those things to actually deliver in the long term it's only something to get in get done make a few quick bucks get the hell out of you can't it. even make money from those so you just buy it and then ooh. well then what do you do once you buy it nothing you just have your fucking country's flag on a square on this one website that's, that's pointless. Exactly. It's a pointless thing. <laughs> it's so stupid. There's this whole like, there's this whole stigma around like, crypto guys. Mm. Yeah. And they're like, you know, trying to get you in crypto and like, yep. oh, I love crypto land and yeah, yeah. I love NFTs and stuff. Yeah, and it's yeah. Funny. Yeah, you see so many people that put comments on Instagram. And they go, fucking Johnny Knob is the best for fucking crypto fucking currency. I followed him for a year and I've made ten million dollars. 
Oh, those are just people who got hacked by bots. And it's, I always look at it and go, if you made $10 billion, why the fucking hell are you on here? <laughs> I'd be on my damn super yacht out in the ocean. Yeah. That's where I'd be. Like, I'd be fucking living in some mansion somewhere going, fuck Instagram. I got my own fucking shit happening here. But nope, nope. They're commenting on random comments to try and generate income. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, yeah, it's, um, you do get that, you know, the, the, you know, the trader image with some people and you do get some people trying to break that that generic trader image uh you know chris johnson's one of the very good ones on instagram who's trying to break that image and trying to encourage more people to understand that you know shares and all that type of stuff and yeah and be shares are different shares are you know yeah you can actually learn it it's oh, better well, he does he does some stuff in cryptocurrency as well like at least crypto Ethereum. you can still make money from is there some of these other things yeah, it's just so fucking stupid. Like Cryptoland, yeah, Metaverse. I don't know if that. I don't even know if that counts as crypto-related stuff. But this, the whole thing of like well, everything's gonna be online. You can shop online. Well, yeah. Well, you, it does have that because those those worlds, those environments, you can go and buy NFTs yeah. inside those environments. But it's in VR, so that's all so magical. Yeah, yeah, you can. You can dress like a fucking ninja in VR. You you're still a muppet in your lounge room in your pajamas. Like yeah. it's still it's no different. But yeah, there's some of it is really confusing, and it really I I, I give up after a while. I think uh, the problem with metaverse is that when you look at other things like other VR socializing things, mm. like VR chat. Yeah. It's like. You can create your models and stuff, and all of them, I'll say, you know, you know, realistic models or something. Yep. You look at Metaverse, and it's just this really, like, <laughs> fucking 90s video game, yeah. PlayStation 1 looking thing. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. it doesn't look appealing at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's had, it was like that odd time when we went away from, like, 8-bit stuff, and and they tried to make things realistic, and it's just blurry and fuzzy, and yeah. it just doesn't... We'd pop, like, two polygons. Yeah, yeah, and it, it just, it doesn't render properly, so it... it it's trying to look 3D, but it's not. Like, it's just, yeah, real struggle time. Like for anyone who's watched VRChat videos or played VRChat, all the metaverse characters look like when your VRChat avatars are loading in. It's yep. just this, like, blue, like, crystal-looking low-polygon thing as yep. it's loading. Yep. That's what all the metaverse things look like. Yeah, yeah. It's just so bad. Yeah, yeah. And then when they make the ads, it's all out of touch, and it's, like, 20 years behind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. Uh, well, maybe that's what they're going for. Maybe they're going for people who are out of touch because they're the only <laughs> people that will buy into it. When it's Facebook, <laughs> so like, yeah, yeah, they don't. They're not in, up to speed with anything anymore. Completely out of touch. That's about it. That's the end of the conversation that we have for this week. Um, next week, we get to episode twenty-five. Oh, uh-huh. yeah. Cool. Quarter way to one hundred. Quarter way to one hundred. So. We will try and have more different conversation on other things that are not car related. If you can make a suggestion, well, we only talked probably not, maybe like ten minutes on. Well, cars, I, yeah. I think the car conversation was probably a lot less than most of the other stuff. Yeah. So, but if you do have any suggestions, just please do let us know. Um, you know, for all of Aiden's friends, he can just message Aiden with your suggestion of what you want us to talk about, and we'll give it a go. Um, maybe. You know, otherwise, you can message me. But if you say something completely stupid and random, then I'll just call you out on the podcast and say you're a goose. I'll talk about it. I don't know. I'll talk about it. It might be funny. It might be entertaining. Talk about the uh, 2012 uh, com- economic econ- 
economy collapse of South Nigeria. Yeah, yeah, or yeah, something like something completely random. Um, yeah. Anyway, all right. Enough procrastinating. That's the end of it for this week, and we will see you all again next week. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Goodbye. See you now.